I'll recap the 2019 NFL season and preview the playoffs. And Jason Garrett finally out in Dallas. It's win or lose. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Win or Lose. I'm back. Let's talk some NFL football. I hope everybody had a great, happy new year. Glad to be back. Had to get some things taken care of, but I'm back bringing you guys the podcast. And we're going to talk a little NFL football this week. Playoffs coming up. A couple of coaches getting fired. Some great breakout players. We're going to talk about all that on this episode. The 100th NFL season is a regular season just completed last week. Playoffs are underway. And it was a pretty good, interesting season. There's a lot of good things going on this year. Playoffs are about to get started. A lot of surprises, a lot of disappointments this year. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. You got the AFC that's up for grabs. Baltimore being the number one seed. The Kansas City Chiefs also get a bye. Their offense is starting to run, you know, get into form, and their defense is looking pretty good, too. You got the New England Patriots who won their division again. seems like for the 100th year in a row, they'll be in there. They'll have something to say about who makes it to the Super Bowl in the AFC. You got the Houston Texans with a one-two punch with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. The Buffalo Bills, a good defensive team, well-coached team. They can give anybody problems. And you got the Tennessee Titans who decide to make that quarterback change, getting Marcus Mariota out of there and getting Tannehill in there. That kind of changed their season around. They also make the playoffs as the sixth seed. In the NFC, you got the San Francisco 49ers, who you've seen signs last year before Garoppolo got hurt. But he was there 100% healthy all season. They're the number one seed in the NFC. Pretty damn good team. Well coached by... Kyle Shanahan, and they're going to be, you know, somebody to be reckoned with in the playoffs. The Green Bay Packers, also a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. Got Aaron Rodgers back, who seemed like he was healthy all year. They're the number two seed in the NFC. The New Orleans Saints at 13-3 and three, don't get a bye, which is kind of, you know, surprising. You know, you, you're 13-3, but you're the number three seed. But I think they're going to have something to say. They're going to be a tough out also. Number four seed, the Philadelphia Eagles. Somebody had to win their NFC East. So it's the Eagles at nine and seven. Typically, I wouldn't say they're a playoff team, but they were just in the right division. So they're going to be in the playoffs. Veteran team, so they know how to win. So they're going to be a tough out as well. You got the Seattle Seahawks, you know, with Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, veterans who've been there and done that. They're, going to be, they're also a tough out in the playoffs. And then you got the Minnesota Vikings. Seeing that they got all the pieces around them, but the most important piece, the quarterback. And we'll see what he, if he can finally shut up his doubters by getting it done in the playoffs. We'll see. But as we go over this 2019 season, I'm going to give out my awards on who I, you know, feel like should win the awards for this season. And we're going to start off with the MVP. I think that's going to go to Lamar Jackson. I think the MVP has turned into... It's always been an offensive award, but now it's just turning to whoever's the best, who, what quarterback had the best season this year. And it's going to be Lamar. I think he's going to win the MVP. He broke Michael Vick's rushing record for a quarterback in a season. 
Baltimore is 14 and 2. And they're just a well-oiled, good offensive machine running team. Great running team. And if he needs to make a play passing, he'll make that play. Baltimore, like I said, they took a chance, got rid of Joe Flacco, who won him a Super Bowl, got him, got him out of there, and went with you know, the rookie. They've played him. He got a whole season on his belt now. And he really like surprised me. He's better than what I thought he would be. I think he will win the MVP this year. Uh Russell Wilson, if anybody. Might he'll I think he'll get some votes or maybe even come in second. But I think it's pretty much down to those two. I think Lamar will be the MVP this year. I don't think anybody can, you know, argue with that. Uh, the offensive player of the year, I think that will be it's two players, and they really could go either way. But I think Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints will win that. He broke Marvin Harrison's 17-year, you know, receptions in the season. He had 149 over 1,700 yards receiving. I think he'll win it based on the fact that he's pretty much done it all year and his team has continued to win. He had his backup. He had Breeze. So he got it done with whoever quarterback they had in there. Or you could go with Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, McCaffrey kind of slowed down because the team kind of got bad, but he was over 1,000 yards receiving, 1,000 yards rushing. And he's basically the whole Carolina Panthers team. They have decent receivers, but he's really the guy who, you know, all defenses know they got to come out and stop him every week. And he still was able to get it done. So you got to give him credit for that. I think it's between those two players. But I think Michael Thomas might get the edge because the Saints have a better record and are a better team than the Carolina Panthers. You got your defensive player of the year. And they're saying... Uh, I think it's between, it's two corners I like in the NFL. Stephon Gilmore of the New England Patriots and Tredavious White of the Buffalo Bills. I think they're equal, but I think they'll give it to Gilmore because the Patriots, you know, have been the number one defense all season and they're winning and he plays for the Patriots. So I think he might end up winning the defensive player of the year. But if somebody said Tredavious White would win it, I would have no problem with that either. I like what T.J. Watt has done with Pittsburgh. I like what Shaquille Barnett has done with Tampa Bay. 19 and a half sacks. Really the only bright spot for the Buccaneers defensively this year. So you can keep those into consideration. But I think Stephon Gilmore will get the defensive player of the year. Um, Offensive rookie of the year, I think it's Josh Jacobs of the Oakland Raiders. He was over 1,100 yards rushing, seven touchdowns. Really the only bright spot for the Raiders offensively. You know, they had an up-and-down season with the offense. He was the guy who brought it every game. So I think you could say, I think he will be the offensive rookie of the year. I don't think there's really no doubt about that. A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans might get some votes. He kind of started late in the season once they went to Tannehill and started throwing the ball a little bit more downfield. But I think Josh Jacobs, without a doubt, will be the offensive rookie of the year. Now, the defensive rookie of the year, I think, is Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. Nine sacks. They've been a top three defense all season long. He's one of the mainstays of that defense that's really kept them up afloat. Where all the guys toward the end of the season were starting to get injured and they kind of, you know, was giving up yards and points. He was kind of the only guy, you know, one of the few guys that stayed healthy out there playing hard. Nine and a half, like I said, nine sacks for a rookie. I think Nick Bosa is the defensive rookie of the year. 
uh, comeback player of the year, I think it's Cooper Cup of the Los Angeles Rams. Cooper tore his ACL last year, so he missed like the last eight games of the season. He's come back, seemed like he came back even better this year. He had 94 catches. He had 10 touchdowns and over 1,100 yards receiving. Really the main receiver on that Rams good offense. I think Cooper Cup deserves offensive, I mean, I think he deserves comeback player of the year. Excuse me. Um, You could also go with Jimmy Garoppolo. He got hurt last year and came back and had a stellar season. So it was a couple of options, but I think Cooper Cup overall had a great bounce back season. And I think we're going to go with coach of the year. This is a tough one because you got Kyle Shanahan who really turned around the 49ers in two years. They were really a bad team. And he really came in there and, you know, got him him steady, good offensive team, can run the ball, good defensive team, got the right staff. But then you can't argue about what John Harbaugh has done in Baltimore. So it could go either way between these two. I kind of think John will get the edge because Baltimore had a better record and they beat the 49ers in the regular season. But it could go either way. I don't think it would be a co-coach of the year. That's kind of corny. You know, it's like kind of like the tie in boxing. Like, who won? Give it to one person. So I think they'll give it to John Harbaugh. Better record. Beat these guys in the regular season. I think John Harbaugh will be the coach of the year. Those are my awards. It's been a great 100th season. I hope the playoffs are even better. NFL playoffs start this weekend, and I'm going to do my predictions on who I think will win. I'm excited about these wild card weekend games. There's going to be some pretty good games, really toss-up games where you really don't know who's going to win, and it's going to be interesting. The first game of the playoffs, like as always, seems like it's every year. The Houston Texans, it seems like they're they're right. They're playing that Thursday, I mean that first Saturday playoff game at 435. This year, they play the Buffalo Bills. Two, I would say, well, Buffalo, more defensive-minded team. They kind of they're gonna let their offense make plays but don't make mistakes. And they're a pretty good team. They come in at 10-6. and six. I like the way the Bills have played. The Texans, they've kind of been inconsistent, but they got Deshaun Watson, so he kind of makes up and kind of masks all the problems they really have. Him and DeAndre Hopkins. And I kind of think it will, won't be any different this game. I think Buffalo has the better team. I think Buffalo's the better team. I do. But I think Houston has the better player. The best player on the field will be a Texan, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins or Deshaun Watson. And usually the best player can overcome some of the flaws that the other team has. Like I said, I think the coaching advantage is Buffalo. I think Buffalo has the better defense. I think Houston, like I said, Bill O'Brien, I think Deshaun Watson and Hopkins have kind of made up for his bad coaching mistakes through the year. The defense is kind of bad. They do get J.J. Watt back today, but I don't know how good he's going to be. He's been out you know, several weeks, over eight weeks now, so I don't know how much he's going to give today. 
And the running game has been inconsistent. Lamar Miller got hurt in the preseason, so that kind of hurt him. The offensive line has always been kind of bad. And then you got Kenny Stills, the trade from Miami. He's been hit or miss. So it kind of does kind of fall on Deshaun, make some plays for us, run around, give your receivers a little bit more time to get open, and and win it for us. That's how it's kind of been all season for the Texans. And if Deshaun doesn't play well, they don't win. Deshaun plays well, they have a chance. Not necessarily going to win, but they have a chance. And I think that's going to be no no different this game. Like I said, this is a toss-up game. I think Buffalo is the better team, but I think Watson will make enough plays for the Houston Texans to win today. I got the Texans winning this game 24-20. The nightcap game for the Saturday Saturday, uh, wildcard weekend matchups is the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots. And uh, everybody's saying this might be the Patriots' last dance. And the narrative is so sick of that word you know in 2019 that was the sports word what's the narrative the narrative the narrative boy I ain't never heard that word so much in my life like I like I've heard in 2019 but the narrative is this might be the last dance for the Patriots this might be Tom Brady's last game at home because you know they they do win they go next week they go to Kansas City and possibly at Baltimore so this could be his last game at home tonight against the Tennessee Titans I think the crowd's going to be into it. I think they're going to rally around Brady. The defense is going to play better. They're, they're going to play a lot better today. They played bad last weekend against the Dolphins. Made Ryan Fitzpatrick look like Joe Montana. I think they're going to bounce back. Like I said, with Tennessee, you got to stop Derrick Henry. You stop him, I think, you know, you cut the head off the body. The rest of it, you know, will go to Ryan Tannehill. Make him beat you. With the good secondary you got, I don't think he can do that. I think Brady will make enough plays. I think the defense will create a turnover to set them up to get another score. I got the Patriots winning this game today, 30-17, to beating the Tennessee Titans, giving Tom Brady one more week to, to continue his run in New England. Got the Patriots winning. Tomorrow's games, Sunday's games, we got the New Orleans Saints hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins is in the playoffs. You know I've been critical of him. And he's got a good team around him. But sometimes, you know, sometimes it just comes down to, you know, that quarterback position, which Kurt has not played bad this year. But sometimes, you know, it's just sometimes at the end of the day, it's, you can have all the best players in the world. Sometimes it comes down to who's playing that quarterback position. I compare it to having a reliable car. If you got a reliable car, you know you're going to go out there and it's going to start up and it's going to get you to where you need to go each and every day. It just makes so much difference in your life. Having a reliable car, it just just makes, you know, such a difference in your life. You know, it makes everything so much better. And that's what I feel about with a quarterback. If you got a reliable quarterback who you know going to go out there, have a solid game, get everybody in the right position, and win your football game, it makes all the difference in the world. I think the Saints have that trust in Breeze. I really don't feel like the Vikings 100% trust Kirk Cousins. And that's going to be the difference. I think they have the offensive weaponry offensive weaponry to hang with the Saints, but it's going to come down to Kirk making a play here and there. And I don't think he's capable of doing that on the road in a big-time game. Breeze has been there and done that. He has the experience advantage. The Saints are at home. They're pretty much unbeatable in the playoffs at home. 
they still got that bad taste in their mouth from last year's last the last playoff game those played here against the Rams. So I think they're going to come out and play hard. I think it's going to be too much for the Vikings to overcome. And I got the Saints winning pretty handily, 38-21 to over the Minnesota Vikings. This last game of Wild Card Weekend is the toughest one for me to pick. I really don't know. Because these two teams right here, it's like, you know, like, since they're always in close games. So you know it's going to be a close game. Might be the best game of Wild Card Weekend. You got the Eagles who've been just ravaged by injuries this year. I mean, it seems like everybody's had. They're down to their third-string backups, seems like, at every position. Except for the quarterback, they still got Carson Wentz. He was able to get them in the playoffs. Luckily, they were in a bad division. They're coming in at 9-7. and seven. Then you got Seattle who's kind of struggled and kind of limped their way into the playoffs. You know, they lost a lot of running backs, and they found Marshawn Lynch off the streets and said, come in here and, and help us out. So you got Russell Wilson, who's going to make some plays, you know, just give him. He's one of those type of players like both of these guys. I would say that, too, with Wentz, with all the injuries he's dealt with this year, too. Both of these guys, just give them 10 other guys and they'll figure out the rest. Just give them 10 other guys, roll them out there and they'll figure out the rest. It's going to come down to what quarterback is going to make that play in the fourth quarter. And honestly, I think it's going to be Russell Wilson. I think Wilson's going to make enough plays. Wentz and the Eagles are going to be game. This is an experienced, you know, tough-minded team. They're not going to go away without a fight. Plus, Seattle doesn't blow anybody out anyway. So it's going to come down to the wire. But I think Wilson's going to make enough plays for the Seahawks to win this game in a hard-fought game. Best game of the weekend, possibly. I got the Seahawks beating the Philadelphia Eagles 27-24. to It's going to be a fun wild card weekend, and I can't wait to watch. Let's talk about the Cowboys finally getting rid of Jason Garrett. He was a coach for the Cowboys 10 seasons. Really, uh, Two playoff wins and just really underachieved with a good Cowboys team. I don't know why why it took so long. I thought Garrett should have been out maybe three or four years ago. But when you got a good relationship with somebody, him and Jerry Jones, Jerry's always said it's like it's like a son, another son. And that's when it just kind of gets kind of a messed up situation and kind of unfair to everybody else. You know, this guy's underachieving as a coach, but he keeps getting opportunities and opportunities. That's why you don't mix friendship with business. And that's what the Cowboys are always doing. It seems like they're always hiring somebody who's a former Cowboy or close family member with the Joneses. And that's why they've always been in the situation that they've been in. Gary made it to no conference finals, didn't make it to a Super Bowl, and really just... I don't know. I think he was kind of hired because he kind of would do what Jerry said and kind of just go with the flow. And that's just always going to end up in a bad situation. Like I said, Garrett's out now. And it was kind of hard. You know, the season ended on Sunday, and I think the Cowboys finally made the decision. I think it was late Thursday. So it was kind of a couple of days went by. And I guess it's hard to break up with somebody you love. Any of you who know you've been in a relationship for years with somebody and it's like, 
I know it's not going nowhere. I know this person is not right for me, but it's kind of hard because you do care about them. You love them. You care about them. But, you know, we're not going nowhere in this relationship. So you got to pull the plug. And it's, it's easier said than done. I think this is the right move for the Cowboys. But I don't know, like like I said, the way Jerry Jones is. Is the next coach going to be the same way? Or a guy that's already a Cowboy, a guy who, you know, you can tell what to do. And it's going to be the same thing over again. You know, because, like, Jason Garrett, like, really had no say-so. Let's be honest. He had no say-so. He was a coach, but he wasn't, you know. I kind of feel like he was kind of like a puppet and let Jerry Jones kind of control the situation. And then you do as I say. And the players can see that. The fans can see that. Everybody can see that. And it's not going to kind of, it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well at all. It's kind of like, you know, when you got parents who try to be their kid's friend, it's not going to work out right. You know, you're not going to take them serious. You know, you got your little brother telling, mama said don't drink up all the juice. You look at your little brother, I don't care what mama said. I'm drinking up all this juice. You're not going to take them serious. Garrett never had control of this team. Nobody really respected him. Everybody talking about he's a great guy. He's a great friend. He hangs out with him and laughs and jokes with him. You're not going to take him serious. You're not going to take somebody being your friend as serious as somebody being your boss who could fire you, who could let you know, like, hey, look, you in trouble for missing that tackle or not making that catch or not beating that sad team. There was no fear of Jason Garrett doing anything. Like I said, he, he was a substitute teacher. You know how you got when you're a substitute teacher, your main teacher was gone. Yes, Miss Smith gone for the day. Yeah, we about to have a good time. That's how it is with Jason Garrett. I don't think nobody ever took him serious. And he's out of a job now, as well he should be. Like It's going to be interesting to see who this next coach is and how will the Cowboys players respect him. Will Jones let him come in and run it the way he wants to? Or will he have to be a puppet like Jason Garrett was? And, you know, it's what I want, but it's coming out of your mouth. It's going to be interesting to see because this Cowboy team did underachieve. They should have made the playoffs. They had the talent to make the playoffs. But they're going to be at home watching like the rest of us. I'm going to do my winners and losers for the 2019 season. Players breakthrough have breakout years and players who were kind of disappointing you guys want the good news or the bad news first let's do the bad news my losers for the 2019 season uh, Antonio Brown uh, played one game four catches 56 yards and that was the season not injured just couldn't keep his mouth closed and off the field issues and you know he started the season off getting a big contract from the Oakland Raiders thought he was gonna go in there and be the number one guy things didn't go right they finally cut bait with him had enough of the antics New England picked him up thinking okay it's a good chance for you to get your numbers and win a Super Bowl he couldn't get right with that one so he's been out the league since week three and it's been a terrible season for him. He's still making noise. He, you know, just called out 
Roethlisberger and, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster a couple of days ago, former teammate, so he still hasn't learned or changed anything. So who knows when he'll be back in the league. The Saints gave him a workout, but didn't sign him. He still has, you know, situation with the NFL. If he, if he, even if he does get signed by a team, who knows if he'll get to play or if he'll be suspended. So it just hasn't worked out for Antonio Brown this season. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, he took a year off last year, came in here with the new team, the New York Jets, and he, you know, had kind of a disappointing season, only 780 yards rushing, three touchdowns, and really didn't look like the guy we've accustomed, you know, to seeing. I don't know that's the problem with the Jets' offensive line might be the issue. I don't think him and the coach, Adam Gates, really got along. So that might be part of the issues with him. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. also had a down year uh, with 74 catches on over 1,000 yards. Usually that would be a good season for most guys. But for Odell, it kind of seemed like, you know, it just seemed like he, you know, just wasn't really the player that we used to take over games. It never seemed like he was having a great season. Even though the, the numbers aren't terrible, but they aren't great. The eye test would tell you that he had a down year. Him and Baker Mayfield's chemistry never seemed to get on track. He didn't seem like he was happy at all, all season long. And it was just a bad year for him. Hopefully he can bounce back. Him and Baker can kind of hang out in the offseason, get more chemistry. But both of those guys, you can also put Baker in here as a you know, guy who had a disappointing season, especially with all the talk in the offseason on how good they were going to be this year. And I'm going to throw Matt Patricia in here, uh, head coach of the Detroit Lions, 3-12-1. Uh, and, and I'm just sick of his nonchalant attitude. I mean, it just seems like this guy, he doesn't care. He seems like, I mean, to me, for one, I don't think he's the number one. I think he should be a coordinator. You know, some guys you look at, they have the number one look. He just looks like a number two. He just looks like the guy who should be on the passenger side and not driving. I mean, just look at him. He looks like he barely bathes before the games. His beard's all over the place. Hat to the back, pin in the ear. Just nothing professional and number one. I guess he's trying to go for the Belichick look, but Belichick has six championships and you've done nothing. So I just feel like, like I said, he's never looked like a number one coach to me. He's a number two. He should be a coordinator. I don't know how he got the job because he was in New England and guess the defense coordinator so he won a couple of championships but I'm not sold on Matt Patricia as a head coach he'll get another opportunity because the Lions are just that terrible of a franchise and they'll stink again next year and he'll probably still get to coach again next year but those are some of my losers uh, you can also throw Josh Gordon in there David Johnson uh, James Conner but those are my top guys who had an offseason and let's go over the bright spot. Let's go with my winners of the 2019 NFL season. I'm going to go with Chris Godwin, right receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, 86 catches, over 1,300 yards receiving, nine touchdowns. Really gave Mike Evans a great solid number two. I really think it's 1A and 1B with both of those guys that receive. And now they can get the right quarterback who can get it to them without turning the ball over. That would be good also. Uh, you got Shaquille Barrett also for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, 19 and a half sacks. Really was a real stable 
for this defense. It kind of kept them like respectful. I mean, nobody else could seem to stop nobody on the Tampa Bay defense, but he played good with Sue inside. They were great against the run this year. Like I said, they were really put in bad situations with Jameis Winston turning the ball over all over the damn place. But he played good. 19 and a half sacks. Another breakout player this year. Another winner this year I was impressed with. Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. Over 1,000 yards rushing. Almost 500 yards receiving. 16 touchdowns. He was really the Packers' best player offensively this year. I don't think nobody can argue that. He's really coming to his own as an every down back. Really good out the backfield. He proved he can catch it. You know, the receiving came a long way too, and he's going to get in that end zone. Aaron Jones, I was very impressed with him. And my last one, I'm going to go Ryan Tannehill. I thought Tannehill had a good season. You know, he had some ups and downs in Miami. We was wondering would he be a bust, but he seemed like he found a home now in Tennessee. Mariota was a starter at the beginning of the season. I felt like at the beginning of the season, it should have been, you know, best man win. But they gave Mariota the job based off loyalty. Then when he wasn't getting the job done, Ken Hill came in there and took his spot. Really got this Titans offense more than, a you know, just one dimensional, just running the ball all the damn time. Now they can go up and down the field and get the receivers. Now the first round draft picks that receivers don't look that bad no more. Now they got a quarterback who can give them the ball. 22 touchdowns, only six interceptions, and really got the Titans back in the playoff contention. Once It, it kind of felt like they might be in trouble with Mariota, but they got Tannehill in there, and they're in the playoffs. Those are my breakthrough players, my winners and losers for the 2019 NFL season. Thanks for joining me.